Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Your man just left and I'm the plumber tonight, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Wales are in the playoffs and England are in pot one. It's Wednesday, 22nd of November. I'm Marcus Feller. I'm Andy Russell. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Venusian Hadaraja. Welcome, one and all, to the Football Ramble. Good to have you with us. And thanks to friend of the Ramble, Svein Thor Sigthorsson, for sending us today's intro line. Of course, it was Pitbull. Uh, you can become a friend of the Ramble, too, by heading over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble. What a start, Andy Bruce. It's not even Friday and we're pitbulling it up. Yeah, what well, you know, it's whatever day the listeners say it is, I would suggest. <laughs> but you know what? I've never really <laughs> considered listening to Pitbull before. I'm going to now. Oh, Ooh. I'm going to now. Oh, so right. thanks, Ben. And because maybe, of that well, line. Well, maybe he has a week off, so every day is the weekend. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. What I, like, I mean, there are better lines than that, I all think. Right, all right, Fish. Will you choose one for Friday, yeah, then? I will you do, actually. Let me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was about to do one there. I realised it was Daddy Yankee instead. There but, you are, you <laughs> So, yeah, I'll give me two Very, days. very different art. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very localised. Yeah. Not Mr. Worldwide at all. <laughs> not at all, Jim. Not at all. Um, let us go to uh, the international happenings last night. Wales won. Turkey won. Wales have missed out on automatic qualification for Euro 2024. They needed a win to have any hope of progressing. They didn't get that win, uh, Jim. And I would put it to you that I think... I think it's best um, that they 
that that, that Croatia won. Um, because had Croatia not won and Wales have drawn that game, the refereeing would have come under Good even more scrutiny. <laughs> yeah, um, for any, those who didn't see it, Wales were denied two very, very straightforward, definite penalties um, and had an absolutely horrendous one given against them How as well. did they give that one? It was absolutely shocking. They, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure they're still fuming, but you're absolutely right. I think... Yeah, I'd have been Croatia relieved. result um, mm. brings us a, a sense of relief because it, it would have been a huge, huge injustice. If Armenian when, had nicked a winner at the end, an equaliser at the end. Oh my goodness! When Ben Davis was chatting to the referee after they were going back to the centre circle after yeah. Yuzuju scored the, the the penalty, he had strong like Michael Douglas in falling down sort of energy. Yeah, because normally you think of Ben Davis as you know quite mild mannered, yeah. just gets on with his job. He was really struggling to hold it all in, he, wasn't he, he? He was. Well, he said after the game, "I can't say much on camera." Mm. He was fuming. Hopefully, he didn't go off to get um, a burger or something. <laughs> For those who have watched the film, Um, uh, Rob Page said he believed that they would have won with a different ref. So, uh, but not necessarily. The ref, if you just if you just switched, it could have been even worse. Mm. Andy, you see. So sometimes there there, there does seem to be a ledge beneath the edge (laughs) in the officiating in this particular round of international fixtures. A good reminder that whether you have VAR or not, yeah. it's still some bloke operating it, it's isn't the, it? It's not the size of the screen, Jim. It's how you use it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, it's still, it, despite that's you know the, the all the uh, decisions that went against them, it's still a pretty good result against Turkey because I I hear they're actually dark horses generally, <laughs> and that uh, they, they are ones to watch, Andy. <laughs> Do you? What are you hearing, Andy? <laughs> I would you like your ear to the Riviera. I'd like to remind everybody that Andy threw a lovely little curveball at everybody. It's talking up Turkey ahead of the last Euros. Some people put them down as dark horses. Andy never. I took the checks. Mm. You did. Well, yep. quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's why you're wearing those fancy trainers. <laughs> yeah, so, so obviously Croatia's win, it was, it was irrelevant um, for Wales. Um, uh, but all that didn't stop Danny Ward coming up for a corner at the end uh, to try and get a winner. Of course, Kiefer Moore tried to stop him um, from swinging at a volley, which was quite enjoyable. As well. <laughs> so it's kind of, no, they've already won. Get Come back in goal. In, in context, that looks mad. But you've, you've got to play it as if, Everything's going for it. Yeah, of course right? you do. Yeah, if, I mean, if you're a player, then if if your job is you have to win the game, doesn't matter what. Well, you always have to win the game for crying out loud, um, unless you're Republic of Ireland in that weird scenario. But uh, you, yeah, you've got to go full pelt. Not, not my favourite goalkeeper coming up for a corner during this international window. That would be Chesney uh, against the Czech Republic at the weekend. Do you know what? I'd have loved it if Pickford had done that against North Macedonia. One <laughs> <laughs> win. We've got to. We've got to put this away. Um, yeah, but Wales can qualify, of course, via the playoffs in March. They will play either Finland, Ukraine or Iceland in a home playoff semi-final. We'll find out tomorrow at 11am when the draw is made. Uh, Poland and Estonia will be in the other semi-final in that um, uh, that avenue towards the Euro. So there's there's, there's three sort of um, strands of the playoffs, if you like, and that's uh, the teams that will be um, in Wales as one. Well, obviously Finland, Ukraine or Iceland. So it's palatable it, if you're Wales. Well, yeah. you can avoid Ukraine. I think if they, if they yeah, can avoid Ukraine. I know exactly. they beat them last time. I know that they've got pedigree Ukra- them. Ukraine are a better side now. They which are. Which is bizarre considering everything that they've been through. But they've, they, they've got a lot of informed players at the moment as well. I think they're the best side in the playoffs, I would say, yeah. Ukraine. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. And then and then Poland or Estonia. I mean, on paper, you'd probably say, well, Estonia, but Poland aren't great. Though, no, yeah. although what Poland are exceptional at is getting to tournaments and then stinking the place out. So <laughs> <laughs> every sort of chance that they'll repeat that. Yeah. Um, um, it's, a, it's a 
difficult. It's been a difficult campaign for Wales, isn't it? And I think part of it is that we are essentially in, in the post bail era now. Aaron mm. Ramsey's older and injured, and his powers are waning as well. So you sort of got to factor that in. And I think maybe people. But even with those players, they needed a playoff. Oh, absolutely. Well, that sort of feeds into my point. I think people maybe expect a bit more from Wales than is maybe reasonable. Yeah. Given Agreed. They've, they've, yeah. It's not just that there's a bit of drop-off in, in quality of those outgoing players. Of mm-hmm. course he has, but it's kind of bedding in newer players, younger players. And mm-hmm. someone like David Brooks as well is a fantastic player who I think will will be a big player for them. He's he's coming back from a long time out of the game. Mm-hmm. Brennan Johnson is is you know is, is, is young and still you know making his way and establishing himself. They're players that are going to be really big for them in the future but it feels like it's going to be a little while before we see the best of them in a Wales shirt. It yeah. feels like Wales dropped something because they beat Croatia at, at Cardiff yeah. and they, yeah. they they had it in their, their own hands but I think if you're realistic you look at the way that Armenia played at Cardiff. Ar- Armenia were brilliant at Car- in Cardiff mm. by the way when they, they beat them and they've got a, a young team with some interesting young players as well that have, that have got quality. So I don't think there's losing having Armenia take four points off you it's surprising from the beginning but actually when you see the way the game's played out it's it's not a disgrace or anything like that and there are a lot of weird results in this group not least of which was Wales getting a draw in Croatia in the first place (laughs) when they got absolutely hammered in that game and and scored an equaliser right at the end I think they've they've benefited to get in that position in the Mm -hmm. first place from Croatia dropping a, a few bollocks, like losing consecutive games, yep. and that, that one at home to Turkey, which was a, a massive surprise, just after Turkey had fired Stefan Kuntz. So, I, th- I think it's easy to feel like they lost something because of the way it played out over the last few games. But realistically, I think this is par, or maybe just above par. Yeah, I, th- I think Wales for, into for the, the playoffs. playoffs they've got. I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's too bad at all. I mean, Croatia and Turkey are better sides than them, you know, so they're, so they're in there. But speaking of Croatia, um, Vish, Luka Modric will play in his ninth international tournament for Croatia, all being well. I mean, maybe he's just not going to stop. No, I, I thought during the Euros, because of how, um, well, the previous Euros, because of how Croatia started, I was like, right, he's, he's on the way out. And then he just strings together like a Hall of Fame performance in the final group game against Scotland. You're like, oh, okay, no, he's still good, still amazing. And, yeah, it is pretty. It's kind of it feels like we're kind of coming to the end of mm-hmm. the generation with this Euros. I know, like we're pretty sure it's Ronaldo's last tournament. We don't really know that. Yeah, um, with Poland side. there with it's, Lewandowski. It's up to him, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, um, Modric as well. It's kind of we're we're seeing like the don't know what year it will be, but it feels like we're seeing like a best in class on the way mm. out. I know what you mean. I find those. I mean, those two players are good examples. Where <clears throat> some players who a bit play a bit more forward, you think, right, I'll go a bit further back and just sit in there and knock the ball. But I'm oh, modest. have been doing that for ages. <laughs> yeah. And then Ronaldo is like, no, I'm getting further forward. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm going the other way. Yeah. Do what you think. Get my head on the end of everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been doing it for years. <laughs> You're saying he'll be nuginting in a couple of years' time. <laughs> oh, but pretty pretty much doing that now, isn't he? <laughs> Same celebration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, elsewhere in Europe, Germany lost their second friendly of the international break. To neighbours Austria. Mm. Nice to see uh, Ralph Rangnick again. All happy on sure. the side. United fans will be agreeing with you. It's exactly. Specs doing the business. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's moved on to certainly better things. I don't know if it's bigger yeah. or not. Um, but G- uh, Germany, though, Andy, I mean, they, they're under Nagelsmann, um, of course, now. But a, a poor performance. Leroy Sané was sent off for violent conduct, which. I don't know. Is 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 you know? It could just be an isolated incident, or it could be symptomatic of maybe the frustrations of the side. I'm not yes. reading too much into it there, but 
it doesn't look that great for Germany at the moment. There's there's a long time to go though to the Euros. I know there's only one more international break, and we know it's Germany it, chronologically. But there's not actually a lot of time to work with the players, is there? Yeah. No. So I'm, I think I'm, that's the thing. I sort of. I, I still sort of never write off the Germans, despite of seeing them go out of um, the World Cup in in the first round yeah. on what two occasions uh, 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 recently. Yeah. Mm. But I still is a huge, uh, huge galvanizing thing, though, isn't it? They might even but have the, a sort of Euro '96 moment. But the thing is that the atmosphere around them in the 2006 World Cup, for example, created you know mainly by Jurgen Klinsmann to to, to a lesser extent, um, Jurgi Love, th- that was full of we've got nothing to lose sort of positivity. Mm-hmm. Whereas nothing was expected from that unexceptional group of, largely unexceptional group of players. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, the players are all there and the country's like really quite disinterested with their national team. Mm. Now that is something... That'll that, change come the summer. Will it though? Because it, di- it, didn't, it didn't for the last World Cup. Now I know they're at home. Well, that's the reason. The, the relationship between the German fans, the German general public and the national team at the moment is at a real low. And there's very little time to fix that. Now, it looked as if the fact that they went off to the States and played those friendlies against um, the US and Mexico, it was like obviously something that clubs really disagreed with and Bayern and Dortmund in particular were really upset about it. But it seemed to be like quite a good bonding experience, almost like mm-hmm. pre-season and something that Nagelsmann like, really needed. But then you look at this... And these performances are so chaotic, so disorganised, up there with anything that was the worst under Hansi Flick. It's like they went away to Vegas Mm. to get married and now they're waking up with a horrendous hangover and thinking, oh my God, what have I done? It's yeah. that is that sort of moment. But I want this. I want this moment to happen next summer, not now. Yeah, because all it takes, <laughs> all it takes, is a convincing win in the first game. Yep, and then it's like the the fervor is there. Well, the I mean, positivity but, but that, that's that's fine. On home can, soil. Can they defend well enough to have a have a convincing? Yeah, but win? Andy, we know that that when a tournament comes around, it's a totally different kettle of fish. I mean, actually, Jim's example of Euro '96, but from an England point of view, is relevant. I mean, England infamously beat a Hong Kong 11 1-0 just mm-hmm. before the tournament you know in the first game I, yeah, I would say bit, the nil is the difference there yeah I think they were a bit distracted on that trip <laughs> <laughs> that all in all a decent victory yeah. uh, maybe yeah. I, we have a revisionist yeah. revisionist revi- uh, you know take on that particular Absolutely. result but you you understand what I mean I mean Ike um, Gundoin said it can't get any worse right now. Channel, it just can't. Yeah, just a bit of David <laughs> Moyes there. Um, he said, but but unlike Moyes, he said it can't get any worse right now. That is the only positive thing. It's An very... incredible way of spinning it. Well, Alistair Campbell would be proud is, of that. This very is the annoying though. thing. It's not going to last, is it? I, I know. know. I know you have things like reason to <laughs> say otherwise, but it's annoying. Isn't it? I want to be in a situation next summer yep. where Germany stink out the place. Jamal Musiala's call, you know, calling up Bellingham. Hello, mate. Do you remember me? <laughs> You haven't got room, have you? Can have a word? Too late, too late will be the cry. How many caps can you change after? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then France, they they get on the wrong bus and don't turn up. Yeah, yeah. I guess the thing that I didn't imagine... Dominic comes back, like, oh, I'm back, you're a Pisces. (laughs) Hey, look, France are due an implosion. France are due a tournament where they decide they But they they kind of had one quite quietly during the World Cup, did they not? Doesn't count. Right. Uh, yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah, they're, 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 they're too good to be torpedoed by an implosion. That's how good they are. Yeah. Whereas the Gondoyan thing's interesting because with this quote, you see the way he's been with Barcelona. You know, he had, had that massive rant after El Clasico saying, I didn't come here to mm. lose the league to Girona. It's amazing. You never picked it in a million years, but Gondoyan is slowly turning into Roy Keane. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, well, I suppose we'll take that. Um, but with Kai Havertz playing left back, you never know what Nilesman could come up with. <laughs> So indeed, but something mad. Something mad indeed. Um, France, though, we say that they're 
you know, indestructible. Well, Greece got a draw against them. They did. I mean, you might say it was a dead rubber for France, but... Uh, Greece didn't celebrate it like it was a dead it rubber. It was superb, wasn't it? That, I mean, what a volley, though. Oh, the Bacazetas one. Yeah, that's because the they went... One. That was brilliant. It, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're going to celebrate that, of course. I mean, Why? I mean, that was a little bit over the top, was it not? Yeah, but I kind of liked it. The celebrations were such that if, if anyone didn't see it, um, as the Greece players were running off the pitch, the goal scorer <laughs> slid, did a full-on sliding tackle and just took out a sub. Yeah. Like, it would be a straight red on was the pitch. Was it a sub or was it a it technical might have been a coach? I'm it, not sure. I thought it was a coach. They were all wearing the same garb. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to say. but I, I think he did it deliberately, didn't he? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, look, watch it. Genuinely watch it. When he <laughs> Because the, the person he takes out is the first person on the pitch, essentially, yeah. from, from the outside. And he goes down immediately so and gets up right afterwards. Yeah, an interesting one. Mm. Um, but it was it was it was a lovely goal, and uh, it, it was too. I mean, beautiful equaliser from France. Um, William Saliba um, started for France. They haven't won any of their last five matches when Saliba has been in the side. Yeah, he is shite. Um, <laughs> stop talking about him. Stop looking at him. Okay. Stop picking him. So, so uh, no, nothing more. To so, say. when some people yeah. are saying he's arguably the best defender I, in the I, world, I, I don't know who would say anything like that. Real Madrid might come. Yeah, so see, I don't think Real Madrid should. That's what I mean. For if you just look at the evidence here, Real Madrid just, just shouldn't look at him. He'd look great in a PSG shirt. <laughs> some would say it is less Saliba and more the fact that they didn't have goal line technology. Yeah. So what? Which is was... remarkable. So they have VAR. Yeah. But they didn't have goal line technology there. And France so weren't happy with Kings, this. Kingsley Coma had this cross mm. that hit both posts and looked like it went over the line but there's no definitive if, angle and there's no goal line so when technology. you say it hits both posts it's like post post and out I think that should be a goal in itself shouldn't it I don't know how it's got to be post over the line hit the other post it looked like yeah no I know what you mean but I think if the ball hits both posts I, I love the way out, you're adjudicating without having actually seen it no, I think there should be more of this in refereeing I don't think it could be any worse no, mm. what, what, what does saying, it feel like <laughs> yeah <laughs> Without having seen the incident, Andy, I think it wasn't a goal. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the sort of attitude that will propel England to victory yes, at the Euros, I think. But both both Griezmann and Deschamps had a had a massive moan about it. In fact, Griezmann said, look, if FIFA want us to play this many games, they could at least provide the right kit. That's Ooh. fair enough. He, he nearly scored two absolute worldies, as he does. I mm. love Griezmann so much. Also, brilliant for Greece. I really like Greece as a nation. If I yeah. Were I some sort of deity, mm. if I could take a nation... And well, make, you probably would them. be Greek if you were a deity. Hang on, hang on, hang on, exactly. Yeah. Let, let Jim fit. I want to hear this. <laughs> were I a deity, you're right, I would be Greek, so it would probably be some sort of home bias. I would make Greece into a footballing superpower. If I could just take a nation and go, all right, whatever you need to be someone who's been significant in the history of football, invent some players who are brilliant, make your team successful in Europe, make you do better in the, in the, uh, mm. in, in the international tournaments, it would be Greece. They've got the... They've got the um... They've got the state, you know, the, the the arenas and all the rest yeah, of it for intimidating. They've got great names. They do. They do have a recent Euros win, Jim. They do exactly. So, so I think they should have built on it. If you become a deity, can you make England better? Uh, They've well, had their I'll win. It. Yeah, exactly. What, it, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell! Well, I count, also, I count got... us as a superpower. We've won the World Cup. Also, yeah, they've got the... they've got loads of deities as well. Well, exactly. Who's going to notice this football one? Can I? Sorry, Jim. What's your handle on Twitter? Um, it's at Jim Campbell TFR. Yeah, so he said England are a, a superpower. They Direct, are a superpower. Direct your tweets to him, not at the football ramble. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get in touch with Poseidon, he's... <laughs> Just throw a bottle into oh, it. Well, unlike Greece, England are in pot one yeah. for the Euros. Um, along with Germany, of superpowers. course. Superpowers. All the superpowers. Spain, Portugal and Belgium. Uh, the, Belgium. Big one, the big one really is Italy in four. 
Well, that is remarkable. Yeah, there is a potential nightmarish group, isn't there, because of that? Yeah, because yeah. the Netherlands are in three. Mm-hmm. Well, with, I was, uh, I was thinking, Scotland. I was thinking for them, but you were thinking for England. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've right. always got to think of the. From, from is right. this your first time on the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could be. It could be tasty. I mean, there, there is a, a group of death to be had there, as there always is. But pot three: Slovakia, Slovenia, Czech Republic, Croatia, and, and the Netherlands, along with Scotland, of course. I'm just pleased England are in pot one. England are currently ranked favourites to win it ahead of France. Ahead of France. Which ridiculous. is ridiculous, annoying and something we could do without, quite frankly, because yeah. we've, we've mentioned it before, going into tournaments, we remember 2002, there was, there was hope. 2004, there was a lot of hope. 2006, there was an enormous amount of hope. But no one ever had England in this country down as favourites. You might think people go, I, th- I, th- I think we can win it. There was an idea we might be able to pull it off. Yeah, now I know some people, especially from outside of England, are going to go, nonsense, you always mm-hmm. say you're going to win it. No, I think people... The tabloids do. Oh, the tabloids are dickheads, okay. Yeah, but I think that's that's what... Yeah, okay, okay. You can't discount that. I understand what you're saying. I, that's sure. But I, I don't think... I think people say... I, I think it's more of a feeling of we can win it and come on, let's, let's, let's go. Whereas we've not been favourites. And I think if you look at the teams in Europe... Really, you're looking at pot one as, as the sides. Andy, you talked about Germany there. So no one's really fancying them. You've got France, Spain, and not the Spain. You know, people still think of the great Spanish sides yeah. of, of 10, 15 years and ago. And also, Gavi's probably going to miss the tournament, which is a huge miss. Which would be a great shame for football, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Portugal um, look pretty good, but Portugal, I think, you know, to put them as first or second favourites would be perhaps a, a touch too much. And Belgium are not as good as they have been in, say, go back to 2018, although, you know, decent side enough. So France really are the ones, and England. So, like, even There's a massive of, gulf between those two and the rest. There's, there's no way of dressing that up. Indeed, but it is perfectly reasonable to think that Portugal would beat England at the tournament. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Yeah, sure, but like the, the best team very rarely wins a Euros. I think there are three yeah. things. Rarely. Yeah, I, I, I take that point. I don't know. It's a cup competition. Yeah. That, that's, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, they, they don't always win. Rarely might be, but yeah, okay, fair enough. Rarely, I would say. Okay, fair, I, yeah, it's not a ridiculous statement. Mm. But, you know, so so England are in there, Jim. I'm just... I think there are three things at play here that are, that are informing this idea of England being favourites, which is um, Jude Bellingham's yep. form for Real Madrid, yep. Harry Kane's form for Germany, mm-hmm. Man City winning the treble. None of those things are related to England directly. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, they've had a good qualifying campaign. They've, you know, been gone deep in a couple of recent tournaments. Obviously, came unstuck against France in, in the World Cup. But I think um, the things that are, inf- as I say, informing this idea of England being favourites are more about individual players within the team than the mm-hmm. team itself. Yeah. Fish, how are you feeling ahead of the Euros right now, if I was to ask you? Um, I feel, I think I feel how you feel in that I'm, I'm broadly optimistic, but obviously a little bit wary because I think the pressure only really comes on the players when they get into the knockout stages. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't necessarily think the the tag of favourites will affect them per se, but I think going into the knockout stages, there is a broader sense that if you look at the age profile of the players, this is actually the big one. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. obviously the World Cup being, you know, you know, the World Cup was a big opportunity. It came up in... Mm. France sooner than they wanted to, obviously, but you got to play big, the best teams eventually. Mm-hmm. But this is the probably the last time you're going to get the combination of, let's say, Carl Walker, John Stones, Harry Kane at their peak, mm-hmm. and we can throw in other play- people in there. But like Harry Kane is one of the best England players of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, Carl Walker, 
John Stones, I'd put him in the bracket behind that. So for that reason, it is obviously a huge deal. And I think it'll only dawn on them when they get to the, as in like when they're physically in Germany and they look around that team room. Yeah. As Southgate did at the end of the 2016, 2018, uh, 20, sorry, 2018 World Cup, mm-hmm. but he was like, none of you will be here in the same situation. Yeah. Just try and take it all in. Yeah. That's going to be a bit more profound when he, when he, when the players have that realization themselves next summer. Do you know, Fish? I don't ag- disagree with any of that, but it does remind me a little bit of the first time I presented a show on national radio, and I got the ten second countdown, and at five, the producer said in my ear, "You're live to the nation. Don't fuck it up." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm, yeah. For on, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I know what you mean. Um, did you see that uh, we've mentioned Cristiano Ronaldo? It could be his last international tournament. A former Sporting Academy graduate recently said on a podcast that he deserves at least one of Ronaldo's ballons d'ors and claimed that even if he had half of Ronaldo's brain, uh, he would be on par with him and Lionel Messi in terms of career achievements. Ronaldo replied on Instagram saying, WTF, who is this guy? Yeah, the story of, was really interesting with this because, the, the, as you say, the guy was in, in Sporting Academy me um he ended up going down a pretty rough path ended up spending some time in jail and f- from his cell window according to him in the story he could see where portugal trained and he, he could actually see ronaldo um training and was sort of had that this little moment of like oh my god look at how our, our paths diverged but at the same time in this very interview he's wearing a diamond necklace that says king while talking about <laughs> what a mess he's made of his life it's like yeah. I mean he still had a I think football you might only have yourself to blame here sir. he still had a football career he did yeah and he signed said, for Chelsea he did as a youth player I don't think he made an appearance but Fabio Payne was in there. Was it? yeah that's right yeah, he was there. unreal uh, genuinely he was unreal on one of the early championship managers <laughs> you could buy him as a 14 year old but you could only play him yeah. when he was 16 he was he was definitely highly rated. It's an interesting insight into how a lot of people think about their careers and it doesn't work out though, right? Because as you say, he did have a career. Mm. Often you hear people <clears> that they get an injury or something happens and they, they, they can't continue as a professional and you hear them say like, oh, if I had the mindset, mm. if I had this, etc., I would have been as good as X player. But you, this guy was a footballer yeah. and he... You know, he he wasn't as good as Cristiano Ronaldo, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Do you think Ronaldo should just toss him one of the... the is, is a Ballon d'Or? I don't think he's that type of character. I do think <laughs> it's quite funny, though, that this guy's clearly trying to make peace with a lot of his own demons. <clears throat> and Ronaldo's gone, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just give him that. What, what I think is particular about this is, like, Ronaldo can cl- clearly doesn't do his own social accounts. With the way that certain people look at Cristiano Ronaldo and have looked at Cristiano Ronaldo over the last decade plus, isn't it remarkable that he's got PR in place that makes him look even worse? I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I know what you it mean. Would be, um, it would actually be perfect if Messi just went, oh, you know, I've got a spare one. Yeah. Yeah. We can have one of these, big boy. We can have a quick break. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Guys, sorry, live on Sky News. Your reaction to the win? Uh, we lost. Sorry, reaction to the loss. And apologies. Um, reaction to the loss? Uh, shit. Well, we're out of the football ramble, everybody. Now, before we go to um, South America, we're going to talk about uh, something important that happened in the Premier League, and it uh, involves Premier League loans. Yesterday, the 20 Premier League clubs voted against banning loan moves between related parties. Um, in January. The vote was only for a temporary solution for this season with a more permanent solution being sought after in the summer. 12 clubs voted in favour of the ban but the vote required 14 clubs to vote to pass the threshold. The clubs that voted against it were surprise surprise Newcastle United Manchester City, Burnley uh, Nottingham Forest, Chelsea Sheffield United, Wolves and Everton. As a result Newcastle will still be able to loan players from PIF owned Saudi clubs. Yeah, this is um, this is a funny one, isn't it? <laughs> I, I think we all maybe expected it to to go the other way. Well, I think this is this is all. A lot of this was because people thought that Ruben Neves was apparently unhappy in Saudi Arabia. They people thought, oh, Newcastle are going to loan him. Yeah, it's an easy paper talk, I suppose. It, exactly, yeah. and people think, well, hang on a minute here. That's something a bit off about mm. that. Well, I now, think as that's... I say, it reported that apparently that is not happening. But this. I don't know whether it's just that, but but certainly in in the eyes of a lot of supporters, it's it's caught the attention, and we've just had this vote. So he he could do that. I mean, Newcastle could loan him yeah. back, so because they've not voted against it. So I think that would be outrageous were it to happen, or were an equivalent thing to happen. And I'm, I'm surprised it's gone to the clubs. Really, that mm. they've presumably this is how the sort of uh, inner machinations of this situation work, but. Um, I'm amazed that that loophole is going to be going to be open. Yeah, I mean, you think Newcastle, as you say, I mean, <laughs> let's say Piff owned clubs in 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 Saudi, yeah. obviously have a direct line to those who mm. um, uh, are in charge of Newcastle United, Manchester City, 
um, a part of the city group. There's a number of clubs involved there. I suppose there's already a mechanism in place, isn't there? Which is that the um, any situation like that that happens has to be deemed to be equivalent of the market rate. Mm-hmm. But obviously that's open to various interpretations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's very, very subjective, isn't mm. it? What I, do you I, make I, about this, Andy? Because I, I thought that the clubs um, would have uh, banned loan moves, but they've not. Well, but that's that's because I guess we're seeing it simply as, if we're seeing it simply as a way of shutting down Newcastle, then you think, yes, mm-hmm. the bigger clubs will want to pull up the drawbridge. And I think when we compare this situation in terms of like multi-club ownership with uh, Newcastle and um, Manchester City, for example, mm-hmm. it's not really comparable because Manchester City don't have any FFP troubles and they're not really going to improve their team by borrowing players from Girona or New York City, are no. they? That's, that's, that's the massive difference. Whereas if you look... In practice, uh, with, yes, but with, in theory. With the, yeah, but with the rules as they are, I think Newcastle would be mad not to go out this January and take three or four players yeah. from, from the Saudi Pro League if they can on, say, 18-month loan contracts because it is the best way of ducking FFP, you would say. So whether it's Ruben Nevis or, or not, you look at the other players from PIF-owned clubs that would be potentially available to them. Not necessarily available to them, but potentially available to them. You look at um, Angola Kante, you look at Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, Fabinho, we talked about mm-hmm. Ruben Neves, mm-hmm. Sadio Mane. There are, there are so many. Alexander Mitrovic. And, and they could... <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd be Maximum. great there. I've always thought he would be great there. And I, th- I think you look at that and you think, it's, it's a massive upgrade. What, like if everyone else has got moral objections, fine. But if, it, if, it's, if it's not against the rules for the moment, mm-hmm. that is a great way for them to improve their squad quickly. The fine. other thing, just to jump in at the end of Andy's point there, is that because other teams have essentially got in line with Newcastle, there is a sense that there is less guilt, or that rather they would feel less guilt from doing this yeah. because other teams agree that it's fine. Yeah, okay, but what? So why have other teams? Okay, so for the, for the same reasons. But so so, but Burnley, Sheffield United. I mean, I know their ownership is you know, it's there's Saudi money there. Wolves, Everton. Why does this benefit them? Well, they probably want to keep the option open in the future, right? And I mean, Everton are about to go into a situation. Um, where they're owned by um, a, a, a group who have other clubs as well. And exactly. actually, I think what's, what's interesting about this, um, I think this might be quite significant because when you look at the way clubs operate and really the way owners operate, what they do is they, they look ahead, right? They don't want to be left behind. So I think actually if this vote were to happen again, you'd probably have more clubs voting in favour of it because there will be boardroom discussions happening probably today of people going, all right, well, this is this is the way the wind is blowing. Maybe we need to start thinking about multi-club ownership as something that we get, um, get involved with as well. And it's, it's a little hurry up to like do your business while the rules are as they are, definitely. I mean, if you look at Nottingham Forest, for example, the, the relationship with Olympiakos, mm-hmm. and you know, there's no sense that they're, they're, they're stopping at that. You know, they're going to perhaps in, enlarge the amount of clubs in, in that ownership mm-hmm. group. What Olympiakos, especially with the transfer policy that Forest have had over the last... Well, certainly in the first half of last season, and you know they made a massive trolley dash towards the end of this um, August transfer window deadline day, didn't they? It, basically, Olympiakos is going to be a waste paper bin for the players that they don't need anymore. And it not when get... I get involved. <laughs> <laughs> not when I usurp Hermes and Nike as the god of sport. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like again, it's going to have massive FFP implications for them because uh-huh. for 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 them, I think you look at that wage bill. If you've got like fifty professional players mm-hmm. and you're the size of Forest, you've got a bit of an issue, haven't you? So. Okay. Well, I mean, look, I mean, Vish and Jimmy must be very proud of your teams not voting. Uh, uh, well, in, in, in the same way as Newcastle. And like this. I say, I, I wonder if. Um, Are you still waiting for the Super it, League to happen, boys? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if in future Arsenal and possibly Man United would be exactly the sort of teams that go. All right. Well, this is this is what's happening. Let's mm. get involved. Maybe they didn't I understand the wording of it on the paper. <laughs> but, but you know the you know the only reason certain clubs have, I suppose voted against or abstained mm. on this particular motion is because of where they are. Yeah. And bear in mind that we mentioned it in pre-season um, when all these players started going to Saudi Arabia, that like the Premier League was being Premier League yeah. in terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. brightest and best being plucked out. And so, I don't know, would it be the maddest thing in the world if in a year's, two years time that they do similar to what Newcastle are doing? Think, right, there's a break in their season. We can get them for six months, 18 months maybe or an 18-month agreement anyway, and, and sort this out. Like, it's not particularly... It, well, it's not unheard of, not least because of FFP, what, um, what Brassel touched on as well. I also remember um, Jack Pitbrook highlighted this um, yesterday with a tweet. He retweeted a tweet of his from last year. Um, but in, in 2013, um, Crystal Palace boss Ian Holloway at the time questioned Watford when they were getting all those players oh, from Granada, the days in yeah, Granada. Right. Yeah. Pete Donaldson has done it in this very room. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, there you go. And like, you know, it was a situation that seemed completely out of the blue. Like, oh, probably won't happen again. And mm-hmm. they ended up, I suppose, I suppose like Forestieri and Vidro were players they brought on permanently. But the only reason they were there was because of that connection. And yeah, I mean, it's, as Jack Pitbrook put it, it, it's like the um, you know the old scientist at the start of a disaster movie who no one <laughs> yeah. listens to. That's Ian yeah. Holloway. That's we need more Ian Holloways and Pete Donaldsons. I've often said it. Yeah. Um, so there we are. All right, everybody, let's go back um, to some international football. Argentina beat Brazil 1-0 in Brazil, a very heated affair and an historic affair because it's the first time Brazil have lost a World Cup qualifier at home. Mm. Incredible. That is absolutely incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is I, incredible until you see the team that they put out. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that is not a Brazil team that's going to do anything at a World Cup. I know it's one particular team, but say Tim Rickery, for example, mm-hmm. he thinks the he Brazil... didn't play, did he? <laughs> that's how that's they were down to the bare bones. Wow. <laughs> He's been there for a while now. He's definitely qualified. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think you you look at where they are at the moment. He thinks they're genuinely in crisis, and I think you look at the team they put out. You look at the lack of ideas mm. they had in that game. Martinelli missed a sitter though, didn't he? He did, but. Uh, <laughs> Stop looking at him. It's no way. They're all complying with your instructions this international break, aren't they, Jim? It's no wonder they really want to get Carlo Ancelotti in there in due course. Whether he will or not, it's still, we thought it was going to happen. Ancelotti's played that well. Seems more doubtful now. But Ancelotti's played that well. He's kind of gone, all right, I'll I'll think about it. Oh, you're absolute rubbish. I can't do anything (laughs) with that. Um, But it was, uh, you know, a a great win for Argentina. The game was overshadowed, of course, by police charging at fans in the stands. I think it was during the national anthem before the game kicked off. And get in there early. (laughs) Well, they were quite. I mean, there were bad scenes. Some of the fans were fighting among themselves, and then the um, the the sort of the violent police, if you like, the riot police, uh, as they're called here. But in other countries, they are more. 
accurately called the violent police, I think, go in with, with batons and just start whacking away. And, and quite a lot of Argentina fans injured. It was pretty awful. Mate, it was, it was, it was bad. And, yeah. and, and, and a number of the Argentinian players, including Messi as well on social media, said after that, what on earth is going on? And I think Messi said, always here, or one of the players did. Well, Messi led the players off, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And yeah. They, they said, until it calms down, we're not going to come out. And then um, Comnibal or FIFA, was it? Um, one of the governing bodies said, we got 15 minutes to get back out there. And they did wait, I think, 22 minutes later, they came out. Predictably, Emmy Martinez got involved, though. Um, yeah. he, he jumped in there and tried to uh, stop one of the um, the policemen hitting uh, the fans. I think he tried to grab one of the batons. As if they didn't love him enough. I know. I love how he's got a an Argentinian mode and an English mode. Because yeah. when he's here... That's, that's a great way of putting it. I know exactly what you mean. And I know Argentinians might think, hang on a minute. No, but when he's here, like, obviously he's still a bit Emmy Martinez. But, oh, yeah, yeah. but some of the interviews, because he speaks English really, really well, not much of an accent. You know, when he was doing the interviews post-World Cup, and he said, oh, I look back at that image of me holding the glove to me knob and all that sort of thing. And I'm a bit like, well, I should, probably shouldn't have done that. And he was he was just much more calm and collected when he's doing the interviews here. And then you see him when he's playing for Argentina out there, trying to get involved in a riot. Trying to like <laughs> mug off every person in football. Go, get out of that with the yeah. glove. Like, it's just super. Did, did he use the phrase, hold the glove to my knob? I don't think he did, Andy, quite frankly. That's disappointing. But, well, it's what he did. I, I, the thing is, during international... <laughs> Windows, like it, it does feel as if you know, UK press can be a little liberal with translation, so you know, maybe that's the way it's been put out there. Well, he said it in English, it's your so. opportunity, I think you should take it. Yeah, um, so 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 horrible scenes before the game, um, it eventually calmed down, and Argentina won the match. There were 42,000 in the game. I mean, it was again like one of those games where I just think the referee knows because if the referee gave a yellow card for the first bad one. You'd, how many players would be left on the pitch? As it as it was, Joel Linton managed to get himself sent off, um, which on a sub probably made eight like, of those fouls. Yeah. Incidental at this point, wasn't it? it was quite impressive that he was subbed on in the second half. Wasn't yeah, it? I know what you mean. Um, Brazil were booed by the home fans. Um, they've lost three games in a row now, um, and they they are um, not doing very well. well. They're sixth in the in the group of ten. I know, and, and there's, only, a lot, there's a long time to turn it around. But yeah, it, only because six, we're talking about this. Yeah, but Jim, Jim, only six of them go through automatically. You know, there is a seventh um, playoff. How margin forever? How crap do you have to be if you're a South American side and you don't qualify for the next World Cup? I think yeah. you're really right to make the Ancelotti point, though, Marcus, because they've been so set on him for so long. They've created this weird interim situation, which. You know, it, they've put themselves in a transitional phase without any real need to. But I do not think they thought there's so many players. It will qualify anyway with, with Brazil. I mean, you look at their track record for crying out loud. Maybe, but the but question the question has got to be: what sort of nick will they turn up to the to the World Cup in? Mm. But if but if Ancelotti gets involved, then they'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. And they'll be in great nick because of him. Are they are they crying out for a um, Martin Palermo figure? Or to... Brazil. Yeah, well, yeah, a figure. So I, to do well, what he did with when Argentina was struggling, just came back out of nowhere and and what got that goal? Them into yeah, but I think yeah. there's so many places, more like more than half the teams will qualify. Like seven out of them, out yes, of the ten yeah, could yeah, qualify. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it'd be remarkable if Brazil had to go through a playoff. I don't think that would be the case. Uh, in North America, though, Jim, the USA have qualified for the Copper America this week. I love it. They're in there. Yeah, you heard right, everybody. The Copper America. Uh, there will be sixteen teams in the next Copper America, which will be hosted by the US, I believe. Now they had sixteen teams before, back in uh, two thousand and sixteen, if my memory serves me correctly. It was a, it was a few 
Copper Americas ago. So we have had CONCACAF teams in there, but they did need to um, they did need to qualify. And Jamaica have qualified after beating Canada 3-2 as well. So, as I say, we have seen these teams in the Copper America before. Mm. I know Copper America can be a funnier one. We saw Qatar in there. Japan, Japan were invited. Well. It's like when Australia turn up to Eurovision, isn't it? <laughs> it, is a, it is a little bit <laughs> that's like a, That's that. a permanent thing now. Is it really? Yeah, because it's, so it's so big in Australia. Yeah. Oh, great. Very well. I want to see Japan invited to Eurovision. I know I'm taking it off topic a little bit. But I think just, they smash just it. Just imagine. I think they just smash it. Imagine. Them yeah. in South Korea, surely. Yeah. Um, just please. They bring a lot to um, the tournament. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it is a tournament, right? <laughs> they I, mean, know. Yeah, no, I, I love the sort of invitational nature of the Copper America, and I know that you know teams are qualifying for mm. it now. And um, yeah, so this one's it's slightly different. But. Yeah, it is a little bit different, but it is a, it is a funny one because obviously. You know, in the Euros, if the t- if the tournament does get expanded, there's a lot of thinking goes behind that, and you go know, 16 to 24. It's got a big expansion, but you kind of get it. Whereas this is like sometimes, like during during COVID, I think there was just the 10 sides in the in the continent who were there. Sometimes 10, yeah, 12 before 16. Yeah, it's a flip of a coin. It sounds it's, like it's, it. Attitudes are quite different in South America, aren't they? It's fair yes. to say. Yes. Um, it's also worth noting, so as you pointed out, that the USA have they are hosting the Copper America. They're obviously hosting or co-hosting the World Cup. Mm-hmm. They've got the Olympics coming up as well, and I believe they're also hosting the Gold Cup. Blimey! So there's just a lot of a lot of football going on. And on apparently, they're getting involved in the Cricket World Cup. Yeah, they're hosting yeah. the T Twenty World Cup next uh, next summer. Yeah, I Mon- just, Monster Trucks as well. They have yeah, I, the the Indy Car, no doubt. They're doing the Super Bowl again this, uh, next year. And <laughs> World Series, they'll have. Yeah, Flushing Meadow, whatever it's called. <laughs> is that the tennis one? Yeah, yeah, they've got the tennis. Uh, dragging it back to the. Um, the action on the pitch in the game uh, where the USA qualified for the Copa America by beating Trinidad and Tobago. Um, 4 2 on aggregate. Sergino yeah. Dest um, got one of the silliest red cards you'll see. Mm-hmm. He got first booked for, I think it was kicking the ball away and or maybe punching the ball away. I can't quite remember exactly. But um, when he was booked for that, he then like sarcastically clapped the referee and blew him a, blew him a kiss <laughs> and said something that was clearly worthy of a second yellow card and then had to be essentially dragged off the pitch mm. by Matt Turner. Yeah. The, the, the US were really unhappy about that, as you can imagine. Mm. So um, It's pretty thick, yeah. It's, it's, he's like, he isn't a player. He's, it, I mean, he's been sent off twice recently for the USA, but his disciplinary record in, in club football is pretty good. And he's a he's a fairly experienced player despite yeah, his youth, and it, right. it's not typical of him. It's really weird. Well, well, well maybe speaks... maybe he simply plays less at club level. I think that could be part of it. <laughs> maybe he also, he also speaks to an arrogance that he probably gets in. They go, "Oh, these referees are rubbish. I play I play in Europe, don't you know? I don't know why he's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came I've from. I compete in Eurovision, mate. <laughs> is, that what, is that what happens when you mix, mix Dutch and American? I think so. You yeah, it can happen. Yeah. yeah, it can happen. Um, before we end the show, Jim, I believe you've got an email of the utmost importance. I do. It's from Carl. Um, just Carl. So possibly Carl Carlson from The Simpsons. We don't know. Mm. Uh, Carl says, hello, Ramble Gang. I've received news of a new Keegan sighting. Oh, hello. Huge news. Hello. A client of mine at work was a panellist at the Managed Services Summit North 2023, an IT industry event, this morning. Who was making the keynote speech? I hear you ask. Of course, it was King Kev himself. I have no idea what Keggy's experience is in this field, but I imagine his speech included a PowerPoint presentation that wouldn't work, that porno noise loudly playing over the content, and the release of a new Trojan horse into the ether. Enjoy! And Carl sends us a photo uh, where Keggy does quite beautifully look very, very out of his depth. I love it. And very confused. Yeah. <laughs> what is the... What, the managed I just services. feel bad for him now because he just says... He takes the job. All the time. Well, that's true. Why yeah. do you don't feel bad for him? Imagine if he's up there being like, look, I know what it says, 
but they're not in your area and they're certainly not single. <laughs> stay, well, stay well clear. <laughs> Just chasing his mouse around the screen trying to hit the X. <laughs> what is he going to tell you? What is he going to tell you? <laughs> uh, the managed, I've managed before. Yeah. Um, I love it. It's the managed services summit north. Mm. Always up north. Good old Keggy. It's good to see that he's still getting the gigs, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Man's got to eat. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not well, it's not well, the meeting. Well, yeah, but that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. He's probably run out of whatever they gave him. I, re- I, I bet his freezers would have been absolutely stacked for months with all the free meat he got from the meat awards. Oh, it's, un- that's, it's gone. Oh, it's unplugged. <laughs> it's oh, bl- no. Bloody, bloody cost of living. I'm going to have to do some more of these. Oh. Gina, I unplugged it to charge up my iPhone. Oh, dear. Thank you very much. Too busy slanging your female pundits. I forgot to plug in the fridge. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble part of the ACAST Created Network. Patreon subscribers, don't go anywhere. Keep listening for Ramble Uncut. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, tomorrow we will be bringing you a special Best of Ramble Uncut episode with some of our favourite moments from the show so far this season. Uh, but for every single episode, though, you've got to sign up. Head over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble. Do follow us on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at football ramble. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcast now. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Bish. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. See you soon. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.